is Wednesday, September 13th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Jets' fears confirmed. And does anyone want to win the AL West? Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. New York Jets get confirmation Aaron Rodgers' torn Achilles done for the year. A lot of NFL teams dealing with injuries heading into week two. And some Major League Baseball pitching injuries to look at as well. We'll say the Vegas lead once again, much like yesterday, is the Achilles of Aaron Rodgers. And the Achilles heel for the New York Jets. Oh, uh, I see what it's I did not there. too late. It's not too soon now. All no, of a sudden? I've okay. had some time to digest. It's okay. okay. Wait, what is the Achilles heel of like being the Jets? Is that the Achilles heel of, of the no, Jets? No, it's like the one true fault for the Jets. Is that is, they're always bad at football? No, it's the quarterback. Oh, okay. All right. The lack of a quarterback. Yeah, I get it. it, like, it the Jets just... have the Jets have a championship roster. Can we agree with this? The yeah. Jets have a championship roster. That defense is going to be top five in the NFL like they were last year. They're better than they were last year. I guess I'm not convinced that the offense, because we've never seen it with a good quarterback, would be as good as everyone makes it out to be. The but offensive the, but line the players that they have, Garrett Wilson's elite. Dalvin Cook still has something left in the tank. Brees Hall. Hall, he looked elite. nice. He looked nice. Right? And so you put it all together, the Jets have a championship-level roster without a quarterback. I feel you're Playoff throwing, level, right? <laughs> I think so. I feel you're throwing the word elite out a little willy-nilly. Am I? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, I see elite upside with Garrett Wilson, but, like, is anybody saying Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Garrett Wilson? I don't think that conversation. Maybe they would happening. in a year or two with a good quarterback. We haven't seen it, though. And, and speculative. Sure. And sure. Brees Hall certainly isn't in the elite running back conversation at not this yet, point. Like, I, I think you've got a, a mm, solid. I, I would do a little deep dive if I were you and look at the games that Brees Hall has actually played. Okay. And then compare that. The to, six of them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> seriously, though. Yeah, and then exactly. compare that to Christian McCaffrey. And compare and compare it to the running backs, yeah. And you'll okay. see. You'll be quite impressed with Brees Hall when he is actually on the field and healthy. Okay. You'll be impressed. But the Jets' Achilles heel is the lack of a quarterback, and they thought they solved that with Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Now he is done for the year tearing his Achilles. And the Jets' plan right now is to go with Zach Wilson. Here was head coach Robert Sala yesterday in his press conference. I don't know why people are trying to put an obituary under our, our team name. Um, you know, it's uh, I, Aaron is an unbelievable piece to this whole thing, and, and we love him, but uh, I think there's there's 52 other guys in the locker room plus the 16 practice squad guys that, uh, that believe that we can do a hell of a lot of good things here. And... Uh, you know, we've got championship caliber defense. We've got great skill guys, uh, great skill guys on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Our old line is going to continue to gel and get better, but, um, uh, we're excited about our group. We've worked hard over the last couple of years, players, coaches, scouts, GM, um, uh, building a pretty cool organization. And, uh, so there's still a lot of faith in the locker room on the things that we can still accomplish this year. So it's while the outside world can go ahead and write whatever story they want to write, there's, there's still the, the true story being written in this building. So, so Salo says the Jets ain't dead yet, and he did confirm that Zach is their guy. We, we are going to look through some things, but um, but I do want to make it very clear: uh, Zach's our quarterback. Um, we got a lot of faith in Zach. We're really excited about his opportunity. 
Um, but we're, we're rolling with Zach and, um, and excited for this, uh, excited for him. And like I said, this opportunity that he's going to get, they have built a pretty cool organization. Hmm. Yeah. I always think that about the jets. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool organization. <laughs> well, the Super Bowl odds will tell you that they're dead, right? McKenzie, we talked about it yesterday, how much they have changed. What is the update now this morning? Cause I would imagine there there's been an, even more change. 60 to one. You can get out there in yeah. a few books. They were 16 to one yesterday. Wow. You know, Fezzik tweeted out that the Jets are donezo for the playoffs. Is he right? To make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Their win total was reposted. You guys want to guess what it is? Nine and a half. Seven and a half. It's nine and a half. They did win. It was nine and a half, but the downgrade is more. It's, it's eight. Eight. Runner. Eight. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just tweeted out last night, the Jets are a small home underdog week three to the worst team in their division, the Patriots. They are donezo for the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say Dunzo. I, I, mean, I don't. I, were, I, yeah, I agree. They were close to a playoff team last year, and you know, if the, if a couple games flip their way, I, I'm not willing to say Dunzo. So I disagree with Fezzik on this. Well, one. it's looked like what we said. If the Jets beat the Patriots at home, which they very well could, and they lose to the Chiefs and they lose to the Cowboys, they're two and two to start the year. Like you have to just acknowledge that they they picked up a win already. You can oh. get plus two fifteen on yes, Jets make the playoffs. It's it's an underdog. Yeah, thirty three percent chance. I wouldn't say it's Dunzo. Yeah, I don't think it's Dunzo at yeah. all. And the, especially the, what if the, they improve the Texans the are Dunzo, the Cardinals are Dunzo. Yes. But what if ten to one on that? <laughs> but what if the Jets improve at the quarterback position? And, and Robert Sala was asked if he's going to you know bring in other people. We talked. We we heard the soundbite. He said Zach's our guy, but they are exploring options. And, and Mackenzie, you said that the odds have actually changed on who the Jets are going to sign or trade for. Yes, yesterday morning, Nick Foles was the favorite. That has changed. Jameis Winston is now a plus 350 favorite. He was 12-1 to 1 on initial odds, so some speculation has affected the odds. I hmm. brought him up yesterday. Yeah. I, I you did. Should... You poo-pooed it. I did. Uh, Vegas I, did not. I still poo-poo it. Uh, <laughs> I should have bet it 12-1. to 1. What a mistake. What about Jacoby Brissett? I was looking at it. That'll when be... he stopped playing last year, the, the Cavs, I was going to say, the Browns were a top-five offense in the league. By I'm telling one. you, I would love it. But he was I, good last year. Why would Washington give him up? He is a valuable backup. Because a fourth-round pick, a third-round yeah. pick is not nothing? Well, here's the question. Is Washington, does Washington feel like they're a playoff team? And if you're not a playoff team, don't you want to just start stacking? I would. I, I mean, it's at least worth exploring, I would think. I think but, the Jets but again, are going to do their due diligence. They're going to go out there, and they're going to look at every available quarterback. But, but i got to be honest. Zach Wilson came into the NFL with high expectations, and he stunk. The, he, he cannot play worse than he already has. So if you see improvement from Zach Wilson, can the Jets win nine games this year? I think so. But I, I think, and this is what I was thinking about with, you know, these guys you're mentioning, McKenzie, these guys in the odds, and Jameis Winston or Jacoby Brissett, whoever it's going to be, it feels like with those guys, it's not out of the realm that the Jets could be a playoff team. But does it feel like any of those guys can make the Jets a Super Bowl team? No. I, I don't think that – I think Aaron Rodgers was the guy that was making them a Super Bowl contender. I think that ship may have sailed. We talked about the Jets as a seven-and-a-half-point dog to the Cowboys. They're now nine-and-a-half-point dogs wow. to the Cowboys. There's been even more movement against the Jets. That's some teaser protection because it's hard to imagine the Cowboys losing. So nine-and-a-half, much harder to tease below three. Yeah, that's true. That's a big number. Compare yeah. and it's all about the quarterback. It really was was Aaron Rodgers going to make th- uh, that much of a difference? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say yeah. yes. He, Generally, yes, yeah. he was so, going to. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's an overreaction necessarily. Well, injuries are all over the NFL, and the Pittsburgh Steelers dealing with their fair share. They announced yesterday Deontay Johnson is going to be out for a few weeks, so they're down a wide receiver. I, I would actually expect Allen Robinson to now all of a sudden step up in that offense, right? You look at uh, you know, you know, Pickens being the number one, Allen Robinson is probably gonna see an uptick now in his fantasy rankings if Kenny Pickett can can be the guy that we saw in the preseason. I was gonna say you're looking at Kenny Pickett and, and you looked at his struggles in week one and he needs all the help he can get. So yeah. losing Deontay Johnson is a that's a tough break for the Steelers. And the Steelers are already gonna be without Cam Hayward on the defensive side of the football for a few weeks. So not looking good the uh outlook here for the Steelers. Mackenzie, what's the line on the Steelers? week two game monday night football browns are two and a half point favorites on the road in pittsburgh yeah on monday night the steelers since 1989 21 and 2 at home on monday night wow straight up there's a i'll be honest and maybe you guys disagree with me and i I, listen i won a bet with the browns last week so i'm not trying to like uh i'm not trying to say they're not good it feels like maybe the optimism for the browns is is getting a little out of hand here who who was the favorite to win the AFC North? I I would assume it's still the Bengals, right? Yeah, has to be. No, it is not. What? The Bengals and the Browns both have a ten and a half win total, but neither of them are the AFC North favorites. The Ravens are two to one. This is all very close. I guess the Ravens. Browns plus two ten. Bengals plus two fifteen. I mean, the Ravens and the and the Bengals were pretty close to begin with, so I guess the one and zero start versus the zero and one start makes a difference, but. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd still, if I had to pick one team, even money, it'd still be the, uh, I think it'd still be the Bengals. They started out 0-2 last year, I could see it. Well, let's talk about the Bengals, and I might as well talk about the Ravens as well, because the quarterback struggled in week one. Uh, Lamar Jackson picked up the win, so let's hold off on him for a second, but let's start with Joe Burrow, one of the elite quarterbacks who got paid, he's the highest paid quarterback in the league, struggled in week one, and this is nothing new. We talked about this after the game on Sunday, you know, Sunday, and then we we did it on Monday morning show. This is what we expected from Burrow after he did not have another preseason and training camp due to an injury. He struggled last year out of the gate, and he struggled here on Sunday. We didn't expect this. Yeah, this was yards. This yeah. might have been the worst game of his career. It wasn't just him, though. Worst EPA week one since 2001 across the league. Wow. The offense wow. struggled, yeah. And that's why the unders were really the key. Yeah, 12 and, and, and that's why underdogs did so well in week one as well. Eight and two ATS. Road underdogs were eight and two ATS in week one. I wonder yeah. how much this early defensive edge is to do with teams playing their quarterbacks less in the preseason, playing starters less in the preseason. Like it, offenses are a little bit behind what they typically are. Yeah, since the CBA with less hitting, less camp, and now less preseason action. Yeah, this is like a, this is a little bit of a preseason action week one, September, it seems like, in the NFL. So let's rank the panic meter for elite quarterbacks, quarterbacks that got paid. Maybe money is the root of all evil. <laughs> uh, but we have Joe Burrow sticking in the division, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen had a horrific Monday night, Jalen Hurts did not look good in week one for the Eagles. So if you had to rank the panic meter for those four elite quarterbacks, you're okay with me saying elite? I mean, I'm not I talking about so. the Jets here. I'm talking I, about these guys. I think that, that those guys all qualify as elite. Okay, okay. Mackenzie, you're okay with it? And we're skipping Daniel Jones because he did get paid, but it's just a different conversation. Yeah, well, yeah. If we were just going money-wise, we'd talk. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we're sticking with elite here. Right, right. Elite. Can't spell elite without Eli, though. Uh, <laughs> so Burrow, Allen, Lamar, Hurts. Where would you rank your panic meter? AJ, you go first. I think the biggest panic should probably be for Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is currently healthy. 
which is something that we can rarely say. And if this is a sign of what he's to be in the in this new offense, there's real concern because that while the the Ravens got a nice win, they played well. Uh, you can't feel good about how Lamar looked, and you got to remember you don't get to play the Texans every week. So I would say right now there's real concern about Lamar and how he's going to adapt to this new look offense. McKenzie, I would say Josh Allen because it's been a very significant trend line since Brian Dable left the building. Like he was good last year to begin the year. Not so good at the end of the year. We thought it was injury, but now we picked up and had his worst game, arguably, in that whole stretch. I feel like Lamar, he only threw 22 times. Like, that's who he is. They ran 32 times. They didn't really do anything that different in this new offense. Maybe they didn't have to. So I think it's more of a TBA uh, or let, wait and see on the Ravens. I'm, I'm more concerned about the Bills because of the trend line. I agree with you that it's Josh Allen. And for Joe Burrow, it's the injury. Yes, that's concerning. And... I don't want to jinx it, but remember, AJ, what we said about calf injuries and Achilles? Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, calf, Achilles, Joe Burrow, calf, we hope. Well, let's just stay healthy, and maybe maybe they'll be a little more cautious with him. I don't know. But Joe Burrow will eventually get things going. We saw him struggle last year, missing the training camp with the uh, appendix being taken out. He eventually became you know, Joe Burrow, so I think he'll be fine. Lamar Jackson's in a new offense. We know it's going to take growing pains. He's going to be okay. We expect him to be okay. And I think the Ravens will be just fine once he finds his groove with Todd Munkin. Jalen Hurts, dude's an MVP candidate. He's going to play like an MVP candidate. I think Nick Sirianni kind of taking a page out of the Bill Belichick playbook where you use the first week or two of the regular season as the preseason because we know that Jalen Hurts did not play in the preseason. I would expect the playbook to open up a lot more as the first couple of weeks progress. But for Josh Allen, The turnovers are now a real issue. 84 turnovers in 78 career games. That's more than anybody else in the NFL since he came into the league. That's a problem. Now, you can call him a gunslinger all you want, but he had the major improvement. But if he, if this is a sign of, like, from when he came into the league, he had the major improvement, right? Year three was his age. Yes. If this is a sign, though, of a regression to what he was, the Bills are screwed. I agree with that. My The reason why I'm not as concerned about Josh is because I kind of expected him to play poorly against the Jets. It, he'd the played, match of disadvantage. Like last year, he played poorly in both those games. They split win and loss, but Josh Allen wasn't good in either. of. I think the Jets are a bad matchup for Josh Allen. I don't think we're going to see any more four turnover games for Josh Allen. Uh, I think he was just trying to do too much against a defense that has a, a nice advantage against Buffalo's weakness, which is the offensive line. 27 turnovers in his last 19 games for Josh Allen. I mean, that's not that's not just skill-wise. It's just like that's, that's dumb football. Yeah, That's throwing the football places where you shouldn't be throwing the football. If there was any game where you want to just punt and let the other offense try and beat you, it was Monday Night Football. Well, one of those interceptions was a punt. Exactly, and actually <laughs> it was a zero EPA, so it was actually yeah. as good as a very nice punt. Right? Mm-hmm. Kept him on the four. Yeah, you always have corner to, punt. You always have to say like on a third and long interception that pins the other team back in within their own five yard line. That's a punt. So, but can we talk yeah. about the butt fumble two I feel like this has been missed in the entire media. <laughs> he hit his own guy and he fumbled it. There was no there was no memes. There's be more memes. He was bobbling it before he ran into his own guy. 
He bobbled the snap. He fumbled. He fumbled. You're playing the Jets with no quarterback fall on it. Yeah, he fumbled away. Picked it up and then fumbled again. I mean, McKenzie's making the best point. This was this was a game where Josh Allen needed to be a game manager and he tried to be a hero. And on multiple occasions, it, it cost them. And it, it ended up costing them the game. Because if Josh Allen, if he just plays like a, a, an average game, mm-hmm. This is not a. It's not a Jets win. Like the panic for Jets fan is way higher now because the Bills win that game. They don't. The Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, and it, the sky would be falling. Instead, we're talking about Josh Allen maybe being the, the most concerning elite quarterback out there. Quick aside: I've heard Jets fans say I'm disappointed they won the game. Why? Because it's like it proves how good they could have been. You're more optimistic than that. Yeah, uh, th- that was. Wins are wins. That's why I'm like. That was the Jets Super Bowl. <laughs> you win the game. Yeah. All the people go game. home a little happier. Yeah. Monday night football against the, by the way, two of the Jets, they're you know they're on primetime so many times this year. Two of those games are flex eligible. So I would assume that they get flexed out. I, I would yeah. unless the Jets and listen, if the Jets end up playing as well as they, you know, as well as possible, mm-hmm. you never know. Like if, if Zach Wilson's not a total bust, maybe. So the panic meter on quarterbacks, can we all agree Josh Allen at the top of the list? Yes. I mean, we we, we gave we, our opinions. We, AJ's yeah, on Lamar I, Jackson. That's I disagree, right. but it, I, I understand why you would say that. Who do we think is least panicable, least panic meter? I think it's Jalen Hurts. I, I would agree, Jalen Hurts. I, I, right. I think Jalen Hurts I think so too. going up against Bill Belichick, uh, f- first game with a new offensive coordinator. Up 16-0 in the first half after a pick six. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it, was, it wasn't a good game for Jalen Hurts. But I expect that he's he's going to be just fine, and uh, which which is funny because of all these guys we're talking about, Jalen Hurts has the shortest track record of NFL success. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it does feel like he's the one that I'm least worried about bouncing back. Yeah, and I know it's a new offensive coordinator, but the current offensive coordinator is the the quarterbacks coach that's been with him since he came into the league, and Nick Sirianni is an offensive head coach. So. I don't think there's much change over there as far as what's going on with Jalen Hurts and his preparation for a game day. I do think what you said about Joe Burrow is like the, if you have any concern, it's like if Joe Burrow ends up staying healthy all season, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to be, he's gonna be elite more than likely. Uh, the the real concern is that this injury is still not 100 percent healed. He maybe he rushed back. I don't know. Uh, but it could lead to another injury, and we've seen that happen before. It would be super unfortunate for it to happen here, but th- I, I do think that is a cause for concern. And that, that's one thing with, with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, there's less injury concern with those two guys. Uh, with Lamar and Joe Burrow, you, like that's the first thing you think of is, wow, at what, at what point do these guys get hurt? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. 
for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. The Rangers picked up a win last night over the Blue Jays 6-3, so that's a good sign for them. But a bad sign is Max Scherzer having to have an MRI after right triceps spasms. Not good. But also, this division, AJ, completely up for grabs because I don't know if anybody wants to win it. Right now, in first place, you have the Houston Astros, who have lost two straight games to the Oakland A's, who <laughs> refuse to lose their 100th loss. They're not going to do it. But they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. The Rangers are one game back. And even though the Rangers have won four straight, they're only 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So they, they're starting to turn things around. The Mariners won last night. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. They're a game and a half back of the Astros. I don't know who's going to win this division. At one point, I said it was a, a foregone conclusion. It was going to be the Astros. Now, I honestly do not know. Well, the Rangers are on a nice little run where they won four in a row. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to figure some things out. Uh, but now if they lose Scherzer. Yeah, it, it feels like no one's willing to really. T it felt Honestly, three days ago, I thought the Astros were going to run away with this thing. Uh, but obviously losing back-to-back -back games against the Oakland A's was not something that I expected to see happen. I don't know what's going to happen. The, the Astros pitching is a real problem. Um, it, they should win this division, but I, I don't know which way it's going to end up going. Mackenzie, where are we right now in the odds for the American League West? Houston Astros remain the favorite at minus 200. Mariners are 3-1. to one. Rangers, plus 450. That's crazy that the Mariners have better odds than the Rangers. Yeah. Strength uh, of schedule, what do you guys think that is? Well, the thing is, is that the Rangers, uh, the Mariners end the year against both the Rangers and the Astros. Right. Their last seven games, three against the Rangers, three against the Astros, four against the Rangers. Although the last seven games are all at home. So that Seattle yeah. does have the the edge there. So I guess, you know, I guess you're right. Uh, that does make sense. If I was, I guess if I was making the odds, I'd probably say the Mariners should be favored because of the fact that they have those final seven games at home. Maybe so. And all you got to do is win the majority of those games and you win the division. Yep. Wow, so what's the number on Seattle right now, McKenzie? Three to one, plus 300. Maybe that's the play. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm confused by this division. I, again, I gave the Astros out of plus money a couple weeks ago uh, when they were in third place. Yep. And so I, I guess I've got to stick with my position, but I certainly don't feel as good about it now as I did, you know, three, four days ago. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere in the standings, the Orioles three games up on the Rays in the East. Baltimore just continues to play good baseball. They've won eight of their last ten, but Tampa also not losing. They've won seven of their last ten. Both teams, ironically, lost last night. Uh, the Twins separating from the Guardians are seven and a half up. Not worried there. Great pick I gave out on the Twins to win the Central, so congratulations to me. Uh, Braves, we know they they won the East, or they're going to win the East. The Brewers, four games up on the Cubs. They've won two straight, six of their last ten. The Cubbies losing last night. They've won six of their last ten. We know the Dodgers win the West. So taking a look at the wild card standings, you have the Rays as the first wild card, the Rangers the second wild card, Mariners the third wild card, tied with the Blue Jays, Red Sox and Yankees, both seven games back. And in the National League, Phillies are the top wild card. Cubs number two. Diamondbacks are your third wild card. One game up on the Reds. Man, the Reds still hanging around with a chance to make the postseason. Giants a game and a half back. Marlins a game and a half back. Padres eight games back. And I think it's time to just say, Padres, you're you're done. Yeah, they're done. They lost. I, I bet on them yesterday, and they lost. So they are officially. And done. you, you Darvish, shut down for the rest of the year. Done for the season. Yeah, with an elbow. So he, they're done. Uh, another interesting story out of baseball. You mentioned the Blue Jays tied for that last wild card spot. Alec Manoa, unlikely to pitch again in th- this season after he got sent down to the minor leagues and then just decided, eh, not for me. Not going. Not going to report. So it, it, apparently he was dealing with some injuries, or at least he told the Blue Jays he was dealing with some injuries. They looked at him, gave him the all clear. He still didn't report, apparently upset that he'd been optioned. Uh, not a good situation for Manoa, who, think back a year ago, was one of the key pieces for the Blue Jays. Now they're in, in the playoff hunt without mm-hmm. him. Now this is really interesting because he was supposed to report to Buffalo and instead stayed in Toronto for two weeks. Buffalo was only an hour and a half drive from Toronto. <laughs> Whether you wanted to be there or not, hop in the car. And just go there because and, – and if you say, oh, I wanted to hang out in Toronto. I wanted to be with my girl or whatever. It's an hour drive, hour and a half yeah. drive. Just go back. But now, the, the fact that you didn't go to Buffalo and now you're you're done? Yeah, this what is not, they, not a good look. kick them off the team? They very well could. <laughs> it's just, Breach of contract. That's just bad. I mean, what a disappointing season for Alec Manoa. And who knows what his career is going to be like. After this, uh, some positive news for a bad baseball team. The Mets are hiring David Stearns as their president of baseball operations. No, McKenzie, not, not that the David former, Stern. not David Stern. No, um, he that would call be, it a comeback. That would be impossible for him. Uh, but David Stearns, who was the architect of the Brewers, who uh, were winning a lot of division titles there in the American, uh, excuse me, National League Central. He is now going to take over uh, as the president for the New York Mets. This is something that's been rumored for years. The Mets were trying to talk to David Stearns two years ago, and the Brewers actually were like, no, we're not going to allow it. Like, you just can't. But his contract expires at the end of this season, and so they had a stipulation that after August 1st, he was allowed to talk to other teams, and he reengaged conversations with the Mets. And the hire that they were supposed to make two years ago they finally make now. So next year, David Stearns takes over as the president. General Manager Billy Epler will still stay on as the number two 
but it'll now be David Stearns taking over the New York Mets. And this is probably the most hyped up front office move since Andrew Friedman left the Tampa Bay Rays to go take over the Dodgers. And that was a huge move that paid off for the Dodgers. So this is a big move for the New York Mets, getting a a baseball guy in there like Stearns who knows how to win, and he knows how to win with a limited budget. So imagine what he can do given unlimited funds. I mean, same as going from Tampa to the Dodgers. It's a very similar story. Yeah, and it's worked out for them, right? Yep. So uh, we'll see what the Mets do next year. They'll obviously have to figure their pitching situation out. No Scherzer, no Verlander anymore. But a great hire for the New York Mets. They finally did something right in making this hire. Let's take a look at the schedule for today in Major League Baseball. Got a couple of day games on the docket. The Rays are at the Twins. Taj Bradley gets to start for Tampa. Dallas Keuchel for Minnesota. Tampa minus 125. I don't know why Minnesota's throwing Keuchel out there still. I guess, you know, eat up some innings, right? That's why not? got to do. Yeah, I mean, he did have, like, two good starts uh, in, in August, but September has not been uh, kind to him. So... Eileen Tampa. Listen, this is a team who's got almost an, an eight-game lead in the division. They, they're kind of on cruise yeah, control. Yeah, you yeah. save Eat your arms for innings. the playoffs. Yeah. Eat up some innings. Uh, the Cubs are at the Rockies. Jamison Tyone goes for the Cubbies. Ty Blotch for the Rockies. Chicago minus 178. We talked about Tyone's day struggles. Except although he's, he's won two in a row. The last two have been very good, including six shutout innings against the Arizona Diamondbacks his last time out. So uh, Cubs minus 178 in this one. Guardians at the Giants. Logan Allen for Cleveland. And it's going to be Kyle Harrison for San Francisco. Giants minus 125. The Angels continue to lose uh, as uh, Otani is out once again. Um, And the Angels are at the Mariners. Lucas, uh, Luis Castillo on the mound for the Mariners. The Cardinals at the Orioles. Kyle Gibson going for Baltimore. Drew Rahm going for uh, St. Louis. Baltimore's minus 170. Nationals at the Pirates. It's Colin Selby on the mound for the Pirates and making his Major League debut, Jackson Rutledge for the Washington Nationals. I don't know what to think about a guy making his Major League debut. I usually like fading those guys, but... But you don't want to back Selby here either. Yeah, like back in the Pirates. <laughs> I, I, Selby's got an 8.64 ERA. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Braves and Phillies will wrap up what, what's been a very entertaining series. Uh, the Braves winning last night in extra innings after uh, Olsen homered for the 51st time. Uh, Trey Turner hit a home run in the ninth inning to tie it for the Phillies. This Trey Turner story is unbelievable. He has been on fire Remember, he had such a bad start to the season, right? But then ever since the Phillies uh, fans gave him a standing ovation and were kind of like pumping him up, that was on August 11th when they said, hey, it's a, he's been struggling. We got we to gotta help him out here. We got to help him out. He's been on fire since then. Just taking a look now at Trey Turner in the month of – August and September. So that was August 11th. So uh, keep in mind, we have, you know, there's. You want to look at the last 28 day splits? Yes. Give me the last 28 day splits. How's a 1240 OPS? Yeah. 13 home runs. Yeah. Absolutely insane. MVP like numbers. Since they, the fans started supporting him, gave him, giving him that standing ovation. Uh, He's got six home runs just in the month of September alone. 
wow. batting 395 in the month of September. He's he's on a tear right now. Yeah. That is going to be one of the biggest X factors for the Phillies going into the postseason is having Trey Turner play like the MVP candidate he was coming into the regular season. And listen, Spencer Strider, who's, who's pitching for the Braves tonight, 10 earned runs in his last two starts. Yeah. Uh, it la- his last eight and two-thirds innings. And the Atlanta bullpen has not been good in this series. The Phillies, multiple comebacks uh, in these three games late in the game. So Spencer Strider gets to start for the Braves. Christopher Sanchez for the Phillies. Atlanta's minus 190 in this game. The Reds are at the Tigers. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, your boy, AJ. My boy. He's a minus 145 favorite. Connor Phillips gets the start for the Reds. Rangers are at the Blue Jays. Jordan Montgomery uh, on the mound for the Texas Rangers. They are underdogs. You say Kikuchi and the Blue Jays, minus 120 favorites. Do the Rangers get a sweep here? I like the Blue Jays Okay, against Montgomery. Uh, Diamondbacks at the Mets. Zach Gallon Day. For Arizona, Joey Lucchese going to probably open this one for the Mets. Look for an Arizona first five backing Zach Gallon. The Yankees are at the Red Sox. Clark Schmidt for the Yanks. Tanner Houck for the Red Sox. The Yankees have won the first two games of this series. So they're trying to leapfrog Boston uh-huh. standings. Above know? 500, you see that? Yeah, that you know, hey, they win this game. They're only going to be uh, six games out of a wild card spot. <laughs> With eight games left. <laughs> the, They're fighting. Fighting a good fight. The A's a go for a third straight win here over the Astros. 4 nothing in game one. 6-2 in game two. And they send their best pitcher to the mound. Well, let's give all due respect to Mason Miller and whatnot. But Paul Blackburn on the mound for the A's against Hunter Brown. Astros minus 278. I got to be honest. Is like this your the, DraftKings dog of the day? I like the A's again. Wow. If the A's sweep the Astros, I mean, just a – what a nightmare scenario that would be for Houston. History's on your side. This is surprising. So teams with bad record under 40% after they win a game are plus 70 units since 2003, and they actually do better ROI-wise if they've won back-to-back games. They, there's something about a bad, bad organization getting a little life We've seen both the A's and the Royals have seven-game win streaks. Doesn't seem like a coincidence. Wow. History says it's not. I think I'm going to back the A's again. Wow. Crazy. Uh, speaking of those Royals, they're at the White Sox. Mike Clevenger scheduled to go for the White Sox. Steven Cruz for Kansas City. The Marlins are at the Brewers. Braxton Garrett for Miami. Trevor McGill going for the Brewers and the Padres and Dodgers. Do it again with Blake Snell, the Cy Young favorite in the National League. Against Ryan Pepiot, the Dodgers are minus 130. AJ, this could be your DraftKings dog of the day uh, if you want to back Blake Snell and the Padres. Do I want to? Yes. But my I, young favorite. I also backed the Padres last night with Michael Waka on mm-hmm. the mound and it was not, not even work. close. So uh, I, I'm, I think we'll settle for one DraftKings dog of the day on the program. Okay. Uh, selfishly, as somebody who reinvested in the Cy Young market, uh, yes, we have Snell but a little higher of a payout with Justin Steele. So we're going to selfishly root for the Dodgers and boost up Justin Steele for the Cubs. Okay. How about that? (laughs) We're trying to manipulate the market here. Gotcha. That's what we're going to do. With vibes. I like. I know. (laughs) I I feel like I've cornered the market on National League Cy Young futures (laughs) because I have Gowan. I have Snell. Yep. You just need to fade Strider, right? I didn't have Strider. And now I have Steel. How's your portfolio look? If Snell ends up winning and he's 60% chance No, Gallon will win the most money by far. Gallon's good. But Gallon's not going to win. Okay. So Gallon will win the most money by far. Are you profitable with a Snell win? Mm, Break even? Break even with a Snell win. I'm profitable with Justin Steele. 
I'm very profitable with Zach Gowan. Um, well, yeah, I'm a little profitable with Blake Snell, but it's like enough to like buy lunch for. But Spencer, Spencer Strider would punch you in the dick. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I'll punch him right in the quads, <laughs> Quadzilla over there. Yeah, Strider would just eliminate me completely. Let's take a look around the NBA, and while we've got our NBA expert Mackenzie Rivers in the building. Uh, I want to ask you about Kevin Porter Jr., who, the oddly, in, in pre-production, you said you mean former NBA player <laughs> right. Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, it's looking that way, certainly, as this looks to be a, a pretty bad situation here. This this is like making Ray Rice look soft, uh, is what it sounds like. But how valuable of a player is Kevin Porter Jr.? How big of a blow is this to the Houston Rockets franchise? Not very valuable. Uh, he was probably the best Rockets player on one of the worst teams in the league last year. He's probably worth half a point to the line. But it's probably, from a basketball perspective, and it's a terrible situation, it's probably all right from a basketball perspective because they're starting fresh with a new coach. Uh, get him out the building and, and build around a, a different set of players. Yeah, and, and Kevin Porter was a guy who, uh, it, like, his rookie year – Basically, they they sent him packing. They were like, this right. this isn't going to work out here. And so the the Rockets just kind of lucked into him after Cleveland said this, this guy's too much of a headache for us. Uh, it seemed like maybe he was starting to turn things around, and then this happens. I, I think there's no way Kevin Porter uh, is a Rocket anymore. But that's damn near 20 points a game, which isn't nothing. Right? Uh, like you said, Ca- Cavs look Cavs look like they knew what they were doing. This is not part of a winning culture. This guy. Yeah, he he is a he's a bad egg. They would call mm. him. Well, Mackenzie, let's also throw some fun odds at you uh, in in the basketball world. The sports betting AG released some odds on the you Paris. Mean more fun than the Kevin Porter Jr. story. Way more fun than that story. <laughs> but they released odds on the Paris 2024 oh, cool. Olympic basketball tournament because I've not seen these because apparently LeBron is like recruiting guys now because yeah. Team USA. He's lost. mad they lost. Yeah. LeBron, who sat on the couch, is yep. angry that they lost. So this is interesting. Will Joel Embiid play for Team USA Mm. during the 2024 Olympics? The yes is plus 200. The no is minus 300. He's not American. How is he playing for Team USA? This happens in soccer all the time. Like, if you come here at 18, if you got citizenship. I think he's got dual citizenship, so he's got the option. Okay, but now this is interesting because he has citizenship in France also. So that's who I think he would play for. Will Joel Embiid play for France? The yes is minus two hundred. Yeah, and the no is plus one fifty. I think it has to come back to LeBron. When LeBron says, "I want Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis," Joel Embiid's like, All right, "I guess I'm not named in your little in your in your redeem He's not team." In the club. Yeah, presser. So I'm I'm gonna, but he doesn't. This is uh, Hakeem joined the American team, even though he came here very late in his life. He's not going to win a championship, most likely in the NBA. He's a guy that's won MVPs. It seems like he would like to hold a trophy, but uh, I don't think he's going to do so as a okay, member okay, of the okay, okay. Is there any way we can get Jokic to team you? He's <laughs> been here since what, 19? Hold yeah. on, hold on. Yeah, okay. No idea. 2024 Olympics, you can have Team USA with, let's say, LeBron, Steph, Durant, uh, Booker, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, Anthony Davis, right? It's a good five. I will take France. With Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year, four times. Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, that's like the tallest team in the world. And Evan Fournier. <laughs> it kind of gets a little thin after that. And Tony Parker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure they got some other guys they could they could yeah. find. Uh, that would be interesting. Here, here's another one. Will Ben Simmons play for Australia? 
Well, yes, Ben's minus Ben Simmons doesn't even want to play in the no, NBA. No, like, why is he, you haven't seen his some, you haven't seen his workout videos. Dude is ready. Dude is going to play NBA this year. He says, uh, which is the same case every summer. It's very right. unlikely that he'll be back. But uh, Australia is a team he'd be the best player on. He'd get his starting role back playing Australia. I'll tell you that much. The latest odds or the new odds uh, for the 2024 Olympics for basketball: the USA minus 200, second favorite; Serbia plus 400. I was going to say minus 200, swear to God. Uh, wow, Serbia coming off a silver medal finish. They didn't have their best player in Jokic. Interesting. Canada, the third favorite, plus 600. Uh, they don't really have the the reserves that the USA does. I feel like they were 10 to 1 to win the FIBA Cup. They, they impressed, but they don't have, they're not more talented than they were, unlike some of these other teams like Serbia and the U.S. And also, like you said, I mean, the U.S. and Serbia, these are going to be completely different. Right, much better teams. Yeah. Much better. France is your fourth favorite at 8 to 1. Then Germany at nine to one. Germany has Dennis Schroeder, the MVP of the FIBA World Cup. France gets Wemby back. They should be a lot better uh, if he is what we think he is. Slovenia twenty to one. They're going to make Luca odds short because it's a fun fun bet, but uh, I, I think they're not better either. You said something during this tournament that in a tournament where not people aren't really bringing their best guys, having a guy like Luca was sort of a, a wild a difference card. maker, right? Yeah. Uh, I think when everybody's got their best guys, I mean, Luca's going to be one of the great players in that tournament, yeah. but the guys around him aren't going to be good enough to make a difference. It'll still be fun to watch next year in Paris. 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 You know, keep in mind, France, home court advantage. I did not think about that. What are they to win? Eight to one. All right, it's a point and a half. Yeah, they, they shouldn't be favorites, but it should be helpful. All right, head over to pregame.com where you can take advantage of an incredible offer that we have running for you right now. You can take $15 off anything you'd like at pregame.com using our promo code UPSET15. You know who was upset? You. No, the bosses, because we were giving out 25 hours last oh, week. Oh, that's true. And you guys <laughs> jumped on board this promotion. So we thank you. And also, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and now, instead of 25 hours, we're going to give you $15 off. Because when they said, guys, what were you doing last week, giving out 25 hours? We said we, we have to continue to give out free money because yeah. we love giving out free money to the listeners. You know what? I'm gonna, let me do something on the fly here. Okay. I think we should also tell them about the college football deal. Okay. All right. Oh. Mackenzie, can you leave the room? Yeah, don't tell you. I'm gonna say I work with the sales team. I'm gonna put my I, I, fingers in my ears. I mean, we have a rat in the building. <laughs> no, all right, all right. So here's what, gonna do. here's what we're gonna do. Upset 15 is gonna get you $15 off at pregame.com. Anything you want to spend it on, go ahead and spend it on. $15 to use at pregame.com. Upset 15. You can maybe get $15 off a best bet, a three star best bet, or you can purchase uh, maybe a two star or or a different type of package. Take 15. Dollars off. Use the promo code UPSET15. But AJ wants to give you the college football deal. So here's the college football deal. It was just too good when we gave it out today. I I know. Gotta give it out. So we are running a promo right now for a college football season all-access discounted subscription. You can choose your favorite pregame pro. You want to choose AJ? Choose AJ. You want to choose me? Choose me. You want to choose Fezzik? Choose Fezzik. You want to choose Goodfella? Choose Goodfella. Hitman? Who cares? Essler. Essler. Uncle Dave, any college football pregame pro you can choose and get every single college football bet they make. Every single pick for the entire college football season from now all the way through the national championship game. That includes the bowl season. We have the lowest price available right now for that entire package at $549. But it gets better. 
Use the promo code CFB50. Take $50 off of that. I like it. That's $4.99 for the entire college football season from your favorite pregame pro. Go to pregame.com. Go to the discounted subscriptions. The college football season all access. CFB50. Take $50 off of it. Get it for $4.99. That's the best offer you're going to get for a season-long all-access. Mackenzie, you okay with that? What? I was all right, good. good. We're good. Don't tell the bosses. That's between you and me and AJ, not Mackenzie. But for Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sandberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.